Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Canada's uh, record of military equipment procurement has been in the headlines as the root cause for the terrible treatment of Canadian Vice Admiral Mark Norman. This time, it was over a supply ship and an angry federal cabinet falsely targeting the admiral. However, according to 30-plus-year Canadian military veteran and Army Sergeant Major Barry Westholm, in a well-researched piece, Canada's failed military procurement policies predate even Confederation and extend to both world wars all the way to today. I'm joined on the Roy Green Show by Sergeant Major Barry Westholm. I've spoken to him many times. And, uh, Barry, thank you very much for the time. Thank you for your service to Canada. And you are one of the few who constantly not only shines a light on the problems, but also provides options for solutions, which far too frequently appear to be ignored. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Roy, and thanks for having me on. It's my pleasure entirely. So we have chronologically um, highlights, or lowlights, if you will, of military procurement failures for Canada's fighting men and women since before Confederation. What do we need to know? Well, uh, the, the price uh, that, that people have paid for this, of course, is, is uh, with their lives in the trenches. All the procurements uh, that I've sent you that were so bad were done purposefully, not for the best equipment or even close to good equipment, but strictly for uh, political reasons. So that's going on today, as you mentioned, with the, with the, the shipbuilding situation and the F-18s as well. Um, and again, my concern is that if we don't get our troops the proper equipment, the equipment to do the job, most importantly to interact with our allies, like with the F-35, then we're putting our guys at unnecessary risk, and our girls, at unnecessary risk. And so, so with the country is on an unnecessary risk, when there's no, no need whatsoever other than, uh, like I say, for political fortune. Share some, of the, share some of the examples for us, because we go back to 1840 here. Oh, yeah. Well, even back in 1840, they were borrowing ships from the Americans, uh, and we were doing that as, as recently as, as now. We have uh, ships coming in to refuel our supply ship that aren't, aren't Canadian. We don't have any refuelers anymore. So going back to the 1840s, uh, they were borrowing uh, equipment from the Americans, gun carriages, which were uh, rotten and fell apart. Uh, and this goes on and on and on. One of the, uh, the most uh, serious ones I found was the Ross Rifle Procurement, and that was done in-house in Canada by Sir Sam Hughes, and the rifle was absolutely useless. And this was used in World War I, and countless Canadians died trying to use this rifle, which belonged to a company who was a friend of Sir Sam Hughes, who was the minister of militia. So it just goes on and on and on and on, and uh, I think it's got to stop, like, like now. Um, I see what's going on with the military. You know, they can't get boots, they can't get this, they can't get the most simplest things. Yeah. Um, and I really, I've got a bad feeling about it, Roy. You know, we hear about the tremendous accomplishments of our men and women in uniform, and they are justifiably 
lauded for what they did, but they, they accomplished so much without the equipment that they required. World War II, Barry, what, uh, what was that like? Uh, World War II, again, we were caught flat-footed. Uh, when the World War uh, I was over, it was the war to end all wars, and uh, people took that quite seriously, and they, they started to demilitarize. Now, if, as it turns out, it was really, it was really just a, a pause. It was a continuation of uh, World War I that went into World War II. And at that time, when, when that hit, of course, we were once again uh, totally unprepared. And when we're unprepared, people tend to rush. And when you're rushing with, with uh, troops and you're training them quickly and maybe not as thoroughly as they should be trained, once again, you're putting these people at unnecessary risk. So it showed again that we should have a, uh, a standing military of, of note to defend this country. I just want to read something from what you wrote, and and uh, uh, this is important. This is today. Mismanagement is alive and well. Canada still relies on the other countries for transport, and the military faces serious personnel shortages. Seeking helicopter crews receive crash training to survive ditching their derelict equipment. The Eltis Jeep, now in its 20th year, remains in service, but is difficult to repair for lack of parts. The LSVW truck cannot be left idling because of its habit of spontaneously combusting. That means going on fire. The AVGP, originally designed as a tank trainer, is now used in actual operations. The tanks have been retired. Canadian troops in Afghanistan wear green uniforms for lack of proper clothing. The boots I'm wearing at this very moment are unsafe because they lose all grip capabilities. And you conclude by saying it's high time for Canada to review its own history and invest responsibly in its military. Expensive seems to be the reoccurring reason for mismanaging the needs of Canada's military. And arguably, there may be savings in keeping old equipment, procuring cheap vehicles, and maintaining a tiny military. However, it is the hidden costs that must be considered when supposedly such a policy for these costs are enormous. It's, uh, I read your piece going all the way back to before Sir John A. Macdonald, and I was shocked. And you have a bibliography where you, where you, where you, where you, you, you prove all of this. And how many, how many politicians did you send this information to? And how many I of them that, reacted? I sent that to every politician of note from the prime minister and the, uh, the opposition, uh, leader of the opposition, right through, I would say, maybe about 60 members of parliament and every news agency, because I deal with a lot of people over the past many years, every uh, news agency, and, and uh, only, well, two people replied. One was uh, yourself, of course, which is, I think is very notable, and the other was uh, Mr. Conrad Black. Wow. Now, uh, Isn't that interesting? That speaks miles uh, to me about your show and your interest, Roy, because you and one notable other Canadian are the only ones that even bothered getting back to me on that. You know and that article I wrote is that, that article I wrote is fifteen years old, Roy. I, I saw that, and Barry, you as a young man uh, dedicated your life to this country and its military service. You uh, you've been in battle situations. You've you've been on the in on the front lines, and well, uh, you were a, you were a member of the Canadian Airborne Regiment. And uh, we cannot say to young men and women. Uh, now you get into uniform and uh, you get ready to protect our country and our way of life and our democracy and then send you out with inferior equipment or no equipment at all. Well, of course, equipment that doesn't interact with your allies. You're, you're really in trouble. I, I had radios in, uh, in Cambodia when I was down in Cambodia that were line of sight. That means if you didn't see the person, you couldn't use the radio. <laughs> and there's in, inherently something wrong with that theory. Yeah. But, Basically, if you walked around a corner, your radio would stop, and they were brand new. 
I just I'm still thinking of one I read where the tank trainers are now used as equipment and the tanks have been retired. And then oh, yeah, the, the, the Sea King helicopters, those things have been, uh, well, I, I remember speaking to somebody years ago who said they actually send two helicopters up, two Sea Kings, one to rescue the, uh, the other crew if that's necessary. Oh, yeah, they were, once again, they, they were well beyond their, their useful life. They, it's incredible. Yeah. Barry, uh, they kept those things flying. Thanks for everything you do. Thanks for everything you've done. We'll talk about this again. Thank you, sir. Roy, your listeners are very lucky to have you. Well, I appreciate that. We'll uh, talk again. Sergeant Major Barry Westholm. It's awful. Uh, I'm going to see if Barry can get this out in a way that we can put it online so you can read it. Not one politician replied. Not one from any of the parties. Not a single one. But when the cameras are on and they have an opportunity to butt heads with each other, well, yeah. They want the very best for our Canadian men and women in, in uniform. History shows that's not quite true. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.